front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, Men on the Frontline social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you have a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. So thanks for joining me again this week so we can pour into you. What we're going to do this week is we're going to help open your eyes to a few things. First of all, my very special guest and dear friend is going to help open your eyes to a spiritual assault that is coming against the nation of the United States of America. Our nation is under attack. We are at war in the spirit, but we're not only going to help you see what is going on, but as always, when God reveals, he does it so he can heal. So we're not only going to share with you about this demonic assault against the USA, but ultimately what we're doing is helping open your eyes so that you can be part of God's solution because God is not done with this nation and you are going to get to co-labor with him to see this nation set free from this demonic assault and everything the enemy has been attempting to do to turn this nation away from God. But we will see a victory in Christ. But just before we get to that, I've got a couple announcements for you. First of all, I want to let you know I am fresh back from Man Camp West Coast 2021 in Lake Big Bear, California. You may be able to hear it in my voice. I'm a little ragged and a little raw because we had an absolute Holy Spirit blast. For all you guys who were there and are watching, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. We always say it's you guys that make these events so powerful and so life-changing. And boy, did you this weekend. The testimonies are still coming in. I am humbled by what we got to cooperate with God to do in the lives of these men. And it was so powerful that we've actually had a meeting since then. And we really realized that this is something that is so needed in the body of Christ, so needing amongst Christian men, that we're already starting to strategize how to take this to a whole nother level. And I want to make sure you're aware that we are already planning for our East Coast event in North Carolina at Rockfish Meadows Campground in Rose Hill, North Carolina, the weekend of March 24 through 26. I want you to mark your calendars now. We have a limited capacity, but we are planning to pack that place out. The reason we're limited is because of the number of cabins and, and beds available at the campground, but they're actually building another cabin. We've been praying for increase, so we're going to have an increased capacity, but there's still a limit. So mark your calendars, March 24th through 26th. I am planning on hopefully this week getting all the information to our graphic designer and webmaster so we can have the registration link up. But as soon as it's there, I'll let you know, you do not want to miss this weekend of brotherhood, breakthrough, and adventure. 
And then my final announcement for this week is the one we always talk about. Make sure to go to the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel and the Robert Hodgkin Rumble channel. Subscribe so you get notifications of when we upload new content. We've got amazing content for you, not only of all these Heroes Arise shows, but we've also launched the new mini shows and segments of Word Up, the, the, the scriptural devotional show. We've got God's Top Five. You don't want to miss those lists. They're always empowering and enlightening. And then, of course, we have the Ask Robert series, which has become everybody's favorite. I'm, I, I'm, I'm hearing again and again, we love the Ask Robert series where you can ask me any question about anything and you get a a short usually short sometimes not as short but usually anywhere from a two minute to a seven minute answer to help you in your walk with god also you can go to any of the podcast platforms to hear heroes arise as a podcast or to get the word up podcast and i want to ask you a favor i'm not only saying letting you know about all this stuff so you're aware of it and you can use it to be edified and encouraged and empowered because that's what it's there for it's all free it's all for you but I really want you to like, subscribe, share, leave five-star reviews. That helps with the algorithms in ways I don't fully understand. But what it boils down to is you become our marketing department. You help us spread the word of all the great free content we are creating and putting out there so that other heroes like you can arise and be empowered. So do me that favor and go to the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel, the Rumble channel, all my social media, Instagram, all of it. On, I'm on everything you'd expect and other than Twitter. I took a Twitter break and I really haven't gotten back on Twitter. I gotta be honest, I don't miss it. But if I get enough requests to go back on Twitter, I will. But do me a favor and, and get uh, uh, appease the algorithmic overlords and let's, let's spread all this great content far and wide. All right, that's enough with the announcements. Let's get into this week's topic. And let me bring my dear friend, Ryan Johnson in. Ryan, how are you? I am doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to see your face. I know it's only been a few weeks since we were doing an <laughs> event together out your way, but man, I always look forward to when I get to spend time with you. Same here. I really appreciate the opportunity and the honor. Well, my friend, I've been wanting to do this since we were together out in Tennessee and you were sharing with me and then sent me an early write-up of this vision. And it's a recurring vision, recurring vision that you have been having. And, you know, I know, I know how anointed you are and I know how uncomfortable me bragging on you makes you, but I do know you. I know how anointed you are. I know the power that you walk in, the revelatory realm that you walk in. I know how God uses you. I know how God speaks to you. So whenever you get anything from the Lord, I pay attention to it. But when someone like you gets a recurring vision or a recurring dream or is hearing the same thing from God over and over and over again, to me, this is a moment where, like in John 14, 12, where Jesus says, verily, verily, truly, truly, I'm repeating, repeating, repeating this so you really get it. And God has been repeating something to you, one of his friends, one of his servants, one of his prophets, one of his prophetic voices to the nations about the demonic assault against the United States of America. And I want to give you freedom right now to share in whatever detail you feel released from the Lord to do, but share that vision so we can begin to alert people to this demonic assault, but then we will unpack it and discuss it so we can also empower them to co-labor with God to overcome it. But share the vision that God has been giving you about the demonic assault against this nation. 
Yeah. You know, the thing is I've had um, dreams in the past. I've had um, what many would call an open vision of something. Um, I have a lot more visions than I do dreams, but nevertheless, it's something that I'm very um, comfortable with. I'm accustomed to, but this is something that is lingered with me. It stayed with me at the time that I wrote this and sent it to you to be able to have a review and check it, you know, we're supposed to check our words or have our words tested and judged. And I firmly believe in that. So I send it out at the time it was over nine months and now we're over into 10 months in this. And it's just this constant image. that keeps coming back. And I keep seeing the same thing over and over. And it's not like I sit down and I begin to concentrate. Okay. Here's this vision. Let me bring it up again. It's random moments that something will happen. I'll, be driving down the road and see a billboard sign. And all of a sudden it's like this image comes back. This vision comes back in my, um, you know, just supernatural eyesight in that moment. And I'll be at home sitting down eating and it'll come back. Or uh, I might be in a meeting or whatever the case may be. But each and every time I keep seeing the Statue of Liberty. Now I've never been there. I've never been and seen the Statue of Liberty. Of course, I've seen it on TV or pictures or whatever the case may be but every time it, it's it's like I'm above the Statue of Liberty kind of circling around it and I can see it from a higher point of view and I'm kind of looking down on the Statue of Liberty and I begin to notice that the waters that surround it are churning upward almost if we think like um, something in the water a propeller or something turning the water up or maybe even boiling water to that degree and as it's beginning to churn and get more and more aggressive, the water begins to turn a deep, dark crimson red. And as that red color takes on its appearance, the water then begins to rise. And it rises and covers up the complete foundation, the base of the Statue of Liberty. And then it never touches what would be the gown of Lady Liberty. It never touches it, but it, it, it's one of those things that is, is kind of surreal in the, in the vision that deep crimson begins to change the, the complex, the outer context of the Statue of Liberty and about between the knee and the feet halfway, what is green turns that deep, dark crimson red, but the water is not on it. It's just covered the foundation of it and so every time I have this vision it, it's something that captures my attention but I just spent months praying into this and asking God what are you saying in this why do I keep having this same vision why is the water covering the foundation why is the water red why is it not covering up the feet of Lady Liberty why is it doing what it's doing and I keep coming back to this you know, if I go stand in ankle deep water and I have on a long coat or something, even blue jeans that might be deep, you know, I might, my blue jeans physically may not be in the water, but because a part of an outer garment can touch the water, water can rise up on my garments, even though I'm not fully engaged in the water. So I'm recognizing that even though Lady Liberty herself is not in the water because the foundation is submerged, it's changing the identity of Lady Liberty. Now, again, I started praying into this and, and I've had, um, 
you know, a couple of thoughts is one, you can't help but think this is New York City. You're not far from New Jersey. You know, um, we're 20 years removed from 9-11. So the first thought is, okay, is this some kind of attack, terrorist attack or whatever uh, that could come onto that region? I never got peace about that. I never got to the point where I felt like this is that. However, I don't want to discredit that. It's not something I just want to kind of brush off to the side and say, oh, I'm 100% confident. It's not that. I believe we should pray for New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, all those surrounding areas because of what goes on there all the time. And we need to pray for their safety in that region. But I genuinely believe that it does not have to do with that. I think if we go back and we look at what is taking place, and again, I think there's a, a, a huge importance about Lady Liberty's foundation being submerged and then the changing of that iconic green. You know, Lady Liberty wasn't always green. You know, she was copper at one time. And then over time, it's become that iconic green. But there's that change. Now, before I say anything, I, I know that there, we're in a interesting time right now where everything appears to be political. And I, I, I want people to hear me clearly. I'm not trying to be political. It's not about politics. It's not about political parties. It's not about elections. This vision is about sons and daughters of God in this nation and our responsibility, not only representing the kingdom of God, but representing this nation and what we're supposed to do in this. So I genuinely believe what is, because it's reoccurring, reoccurring, and as I've prayed into this, I believe that God is saying that there is a demonic agenda that has taken root naturally in this nation, and it is gaining ground, aggressively gaining ground, and it's trying to override the foundation and the identity of liberty. The Statue of Liberty itself is the representation of liberty. And I believe what, what the enemy is doing right now is trying to redefine to capture and to remove every foundation of liberty. In other words, why the crimson water? Why this, why this aggression? Why this process? It is to remove, or let me say it this way, to destroy, steal, and kill the fundamental principles and understanding of liberty in our nation. And I know immediately when I say this, I have a lot of people that's going to say, well, listen, the word of God says every nation will turn on Israel one day. Yes, there will be a day, but I'm going to fight to the very end to keep that day from happening on my watch. And this is where we are as sons and daughters of God. We had better be awakened to what the enemy is trying to redefine and take out from our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our Declaration, our federal government, our local governments, our statewide governments, because when this is removed, it is a major domino effect of not only how we will be effective in this nation, but how we affect other nations because of our liberty. Well, 
Even the, I mean, that's part of what to me the Statue of Liberty represents, because as you know, as I'm sure our viewers know, it was a gift to this nation from France because they were so, um, they wanted to honor the American, what, what had occurred in America, that there was a throwing off of tyrannical rule and that a, a God-ordained, God-established democratic republic was brought forth. And that so moved the nation of France that they wanted to give a gift and honor. So even, even while the Statue of Liberty op obviously represents liberty, obviously represent, is iconic for our nation, the United States of America, that was something that hit me that you just brought out. This was a gift from one nation to another nation about how this nation impacted that nation. So that's part of the assault because the United States of America is not only one nation under God, but it's a nation that's supposed to put God on display, much like Israel. So I think that's part of the assault as well. You know, Ryan, I think we've talked about this, but I honestly don't remember in the midst of all our conversations. It was probably about, about a dozen years ago, I had one of the most significant angelic encounters I ever experienced. And it was actually at a conference. I was on the front row of the conference. It was during worship. And the Lord called me over into a corner of the room. It was sort of, you know, at first the flesh found it awkward. It's like, really? You want me in front of all these people? You want me to go oddly stand? In but, you know, you do what the Lord says. So I go and stand in this corner and all of a sudden I'm on my knees and the Lord sends an angel declaring to me that it's time to declare another American revolution in the spirit, not in the natural. Just like you said, this is not politics. This is not about parties. This isn't even ultimately about individual policies, although we want to stand against wicked policies. This is about freedom and liberty in the spirit, in our nation, to accomplish and agree with God's plans and purposes. And God made it very clear. And, you know, it's interesting because with the prophetic, as you well know, and our audience knows, you have those encounters, and it is a right now thing. And I remember even questioning at times, God, what was that? What was that about? Because for so many years, we didn't really see a huge need. Now, there was a, a presidential term where a lot of our freedoms were, were beginning to erode, especially in the church and especially in, uh, towards honoring God. But it was very clear, it is time for another American revolution mm. in the spirit. And so I think God's been giving us these warnings, these preparations for quite a bit of time. And now he's given this one to you to announce to continue to wake up the body that it really is time that we go to war in the spirit against powers and principalities that are trying to turn this nation away from God. It's time for the Elijahs to arise, the men and women of God that will fight for a nation and fight for the people and even fight for the leaders, not their wicked policies, but for everybody in the nation to know God, to be saved by the gift of his son and to cooperate with his plans and purposes for the nation. And I think that's part of what he's saying to you, because even, even the whole thing of the water churning and then turning red, one of the things that came to mind as you were sharing that this morning was one of the, the things that God empowered Moses with to see the people set free. And ultimately, his, I think his hope was to see all set free when he was going to uh, uh, Pharaoh to say, let my people go, is he gave him the ability to pour out the water and see it turn to blood. 
And and I know we you know we have to look at well, but this is a demonic assault, and that was God said. But it was a tool. The water turning to blood was a tool to get the attention of the demonic powers working through Pharaoh to say, God is going to set these people free. So when I hear this, I think it's very serious. I think it's very weighty. I think it's quite the warning. But, and I'll, I'll ask your opinion. You know me, and you know anytime God gives us something, even if it's a stern warning or a uh, aggressive wake-up call. To me, it is never God saying, so this is what's going to happen, and the nation's going to be consumed. It's always because God is for the people, for the nation, for his plans and purposes, and it's to open our eyes so we can see reformation, we can see revival, reformation, or the term he gave me in that original encounter all those years ago was declare a revivalution, a spiritual revolution that would bring revival and reformation. So when you, when you're, when you get this over and over and over again, one of the things I was trained in was not only to root everything in the word of God, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute, but also what was your sense from the Lord? Was it a duck cover and hold on because the end is nigh or was it this is what I want to make you aware of because I'm going to do something about it honestly it felt like dig your heels in and stand okay. uh, <laughs> stand in the midst of everything that's going on because I, I do understand I don't think we necessarily repeat history verbatim but Ecclesiastes tells us if we want to know what the future holds look at what God has already done in the past. And so there's elements of the past that we can look at, you know, and I naturally go back to, okay, if I genuinely believe, and I do, that this nation was formed, that God may be glorified, I have to go back and look at the natural elements of its formation and why it was formed. Uh, naturally, I understand the supernatural side of it, the spiritual side, but what about that natural element of it? Like you were describing, um, you know, another revolutionary, but it would be a spiritual significance. So let's go back and look at how this thing gets, you know, grounded to begin with is we understand that there were men and women of God who stood their ground in this nation before it was ever a nation. And now at the time, you know, it's just the people and then, you know, we have the colonies and stuff and everything, but, you know, it's interesting because if I go back, we are, we're a nation that's known or marked for the identity of freedom. And I don't discredit freedom at all. Thank God we are free. I mean, I really genuinely are, are very, very grateful for the nation that we get to call home in this moment of time. Absolutely. But I go back and I look at history, you know, the one of the most famous, famous quotes ever is by Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. He wrote this in a statement, the actual whole sentence is, I know not what others course may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. And that was to a letter in March 20th, on March 23rd, 1775. We don't have the Declaration of Independence, uh, the formation of it solely until we get around, you know, almost a, a year and a half later. But we get this understanding of what is going on in the minds of individuals. And Patrick Henry is ultimately saying, 
you know, I don't know what everybody else is going to say, but for me, I'm going to stand my ground. But he uses that word liberty. And you have to stop and ask yourself, why didn't he say, give me freedom or give me death? And that triggers something. You know, there's a famous quote by Benjamin Franklin that said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Now that jumps out and catches my attention. Again, why is Franklin saying liberty? Why is he not saying freedom? Well, when we go back and we look at the Declaration of Independence, we look at the Constitution, we even look at our Bill of Rights, one of the key elements of those words is liberty. The Declaration of Independence, you know, it declares that the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our forefathers understood something about liberty that I believe we're losing sight of today. And this is one of the main problems that, that we're, we're going into, um, not only in a natural element, but a supernatural, a God-given element for us to understand as sons and daughters of God. Because I know that because of the spiritual climate and the natural element of what's going on in the world, it's caused a lot of division within the body of Christ. And it's created this surge of tribalism of, you know, you're either for us or you're against us. And I'm going to mark you as an enemy because you don't see it like me. You don't understand it like me. Therefore, you're automatically an enemy. And it concerns me because I'm seeing a lot of, I'm going to say spiritual bloodshed, where we're assassinating our brothers and sisters in Christ through our words, our tongue. We have our tongue and our fingertips of keyboards. We have become uh, murderers of one another simply because we disagree about politics or we disagree about political figures or whatever the case may be. But this is one of those things where we have to come back to and go, what are we really standing for? Do we really stand for the kingdom of God? That's first and foremost. Are we truly sons of righteousness through Christ? Are we trying to be Republicans or Democrats or Church of God or, you know, Assemblies of God, whatever the case may be, are we losing our first identity to an opinion or a way of life because we have failed to understand who we are first and foremost as sons of God, citizens of heaven, temporarily here on assignment, but this is not my home, you know, and this is one of those sayings that I go back and I look at what they fought for. And I'm understanding when I go back and I read the history of Henry and Washington and Franklin, Jefferson, especially John Quincy Adams, just John Adams is just like a historical hero of mine. The way that, you know, he taught, there's a famous line of a movie um, with a famous actor about the Declaration of Independence and all that. And he begins to read the Declaration of Independence. He quotes it verbatim. And then he says, no one talks this way anymore. Mm. And I was thinking about that clip just the other day. And I was thinking about, gosh, he's right. No one talks that way anymore. And then it hits me. I can't find that many people that talk biblically anymore. Mm. Everything's in quotation means and one word catchisms and who talks scripturally anymore. And these are the things that I think we have to pay attention to first from a kingdom perspective, 
then to a national perspective. Yeah, I hear you. And I, I, I actually, you, you were hitting on something I want to circle back to and clarify a bit and look at a couple of scriptures as well. You know, you really nailed it, that it's like in the Declaration of Independence, in the Bill of Rights, in our founding documents, it's about liberty. It's the, we were, it's the Statue of Liberty. It's the Liberty Bell. Um, and yet, if you ask most people, and even when we, you and I started talking as, a, as someone of this age, I would have said, well, liberty and freedom, they're synonyms. They, they're basically the same thing. But you were really helping me understand the difference between liberty and freedom both from a, a uh, uh, how do I want to say it, natural perspective, but even more importantly, because of what we're talking about here and what we're going to transition into about being a solution in the midst of all this from a biblical perspective. So quickly break down the difference between liberty and freedom, why there seems to be this focus right now from God on defending our liberty, going to war in the spirit for our liberty, and what the difference between liberty and freedom is. And then we can look at a couple of scriptures that you highlighted to me when we talked about this. So the natural element of this, liberty by definition means the right and the power to believe, act, and express oneself as one chooses are being free from restriction and having the freedom of choice. Okay. So that's sometimes just that definition, we go, well, there's freedom. So that must mean the same thing. Yeah. But it actually also part of that definition is it is the condition of having the power to act and speak without restraints. Well, then we go, well, hold on. I have freedom of speech. So you didn't have the freedom of speech without the constitution that merited liberty. Freedom of speech right. comes from the Bill of Rights. That's a, that, that bill, that freedom, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, all those things are merited on the foundation of liberty. So let me go just a, a little bit further. Liberty means that you are able, as an individual, you are able to govern yourself, taking the responsibility of your actions and your behavior. That's important. Now, freedom by definition, is the state of being free to enjoy political, social, and civil liberties. It's the power to decide one's action, the state of being free from restraints or confinement. Again, I know we kind of hear the similarities, but let's be just a little bit more specific here. Freedom simply means that you have the ability to make choices that are free from coercion or restriction. Liberty is a political construct that allows people to enjoy freedoms such as property, such as free speech, such as uh, the freedom of association, the freedom of the press, freedom of religion. Those things are merited because of what liberty gives you. So think of it this way. Liberty is a governmental application. Okay, so here's the foundation. So everything that our freedom is stands because of liberty. Liberty is the governmental protection of your freedoms. If you remove the governmental protection of your freedoms, you're not as free as what you think that you are. I'll give this on a nutshell version a lot of times. People will say, 
I own my land or I own my house. Don't pay your taxes and see who really owns the land and owns the house. You'll find out mm. real quick that the government has ownership of that land and the house and you're paying a lease or you're paying rent per the taxes on that. So your freedom is something that is given to you by the merit of the government and how the government itself defines it and protects that freedom. The reason that a football player can kneel is because the government by its own constitutional order has given that individual a definitive right. What is that definitive right? The freedom of speech, the freedom of. So the government defines it. When there's a redefining of what freedom is, your freedom may be limited to a degree here and there, but ultimately it is guarded because of liberty. I, I think one of the examples you gave me to help me understand it was, and check me if I don't get this right, but I, as I recall what it was, when I turned 16 years old and got my driver's license and had a car, I had the freedom to drive my car on any road I had access to but I didn't have the liberty to drive my car at 120 miles an hour down the street I lived on because there was a speed limit that had been set by the government. So right. I look at this then, is that right? Did I catch that right? Absolutely. Okay. You, When you're 16 in most states, you have the freedom to go get your license and you can go wherever you want to go, but you can't drive however you want to drive because right. liberty merits that. So I've been thinking about this a lot, and you know me, I'm a huge proponent of how we are part of God's solution in the earth, and we have been since, since day six in Genesis 20, uh, 1, 26 through 28. And I believe the main ways we operate as dominion stewarded agents of impact in the earth is through the gift, power, and responsibility of our free will that God has given us. And then in that, through the substance of our faith, establishing in the temporal realm what we have in the eternal realm. And that's the whole big teaching we're not going to go into. That's not what we're here for. But the reason I bring that up, Ryan, is I've been thinking about this in regards to one of the greatest gifts God has given us, and maybe the greatest gift he's given us, because I would say the greatest gift is the gift of his son, but without the gift of free will, we can't choose to come into agreement with his son. So it's all kind of wrapped together. But I've been thinking about free will, the gift, the responsibility, and the power of free will. And when we're given free will, we now have the freedom to cooperate with God, to choose God's will in ways, to see his blessings established in us and through us in the earth. But then, so to me, that's sort of looking at, all right, how does this tie to the kingdom? The kingdom freedom is to be free in Christ, to have free will, to, to choose to agree with God's will, way, and word. And then liberty is the rare thing, the amazing thing about this nation is I believe it was divinely ordained and ordered to create a place where we have liberty through government to operate in free will and agreement with to achieve God's plans and purposes. So is it fair to say the reason liberty is under attack right now is the enemy wants to destroy the 
governmental agreement, the, the, the overall agreement in the natural, because we rule and reign in the natural, according to the supernatural, wants to destroy an atmosphere that acknowledges, supports, and for many years, and many decades even, and has, has cheered on a people who will be free to choose the will and ways of God in their lives and through their lives in every sphere of influence. The moment that you remove in this nation, the moment you remove liberty and you redefine what your freedoms are because you have removed liberty, you have weakened the ability of the body of Christ on a natural level. Now, what I mean by that is right now we can go and witness wherever we want to witness in the United States. We can go pass out Bibles. We can go and pray with people on the street. We can go in the middle of Mardi Gras and just lay hands on people, prophesy. We can speak. We can worship on the streets of the biggest party in the United States. But if you start removing those little things that give us that opportunity, you will have the body of Christ strong arm. Now, I would love to sit here and say, but that's when the body of Christ is going to rise up and fight against this tyranny and so on and so forth. And I'm, I kind of take a step back and go, really? Because we have the free access to do that now, but what are we doing in our freedoms and our liberties? to be able to do those things. You know, we're not being very much effective in the body of Christ right now in this nation, and we're giving up more and more rights. Now, I, I, I want to be clear when I say this, I'm not arguing with anybody over any kind of um, uh, opinion or idea concerning any kind of mandate. But I do want to say this, when you give so much freedom in a mandate, for the sake of safety, you've opened up what is commonly known a Pandora's box. Mm -hmm. Because what you give up in the term of safety, now you give up governing authorities to define what your safety is. So if what I'm saying is this, you could literally have a governing official one day say to you, it's best for your safety that no one ever preached the gospel to you because they're trying to brainwash you into something that is not real. So for your safety, we're going to say that no one can speak the name of Jesus Wow! because we care about your safety. Now we sit here and go, that's ridiculous. Go to China and say the name of Jesus. Right. Oh yeah, I've been in different places. I've I've done stealth missions into Vietnam where you're not allowed to even say grace at a table at a restaurant. So it can happen. Now, Ryan, I always like to look at the relationship between the natural and the spirit because I think they reflect each other and can and and what's going on in the natural, we can usually see either God's plans in the supernatural, the enemy's plans in the supernatural. And as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking I just jotted something down. So liberty creates an atmosphere for us to enjoy and walk in our freedoms. Um, and right now, freedom is being used to destroy the atmosphere of liberty. Just what you were saying is, and what I'm thinking about is in the garden, 
God established an atmosphere of liberty where we, in him, we were able to enjoy freedom. We, or we, we had freedom to enjoy everything he blessed us with. Absolutely. But a, a, a overreach of that freedom, a hubritic, or that's a word I made up this weekend, the action of hubris. I don't think it's a real word. If it is, I love it. If it's not, it is now. The hubritic arrogance and overreach of freedom destroyed the atmosphere of liberty with God, because we did the one thing he said we couldn't do, but we were free to do. We were free to eat. Obviously, we were free to rebel and eat of the apple. Um, and But that, we removed ourselves from the garden, or the ultimate atmosphere of liberty, where literally everything in all creation, including the creator himself, was ours to commune with and enjoy and be fed and sustained by. But because of a overreach of arrogance of of freedom that atmosphere of liberty was we removed ourselves from that atmosphere of liberty so this is what i'm seeing in all this this is the attack on liberty the attack on liberty is through the arrogance that's been attached to freedom to the point of where we know people who were saying well that may be your truth but it's my truth and they are free to have their own truth but that truth will destroy them because it's not the truth or him who is the truth it is this arrogance of well this is my truth and we know there's a way that makes sense to man or let's call it there's a my there's a my truth that makes sense to me and scripture tells us it leads to death so this is why I'm always looking what's going on in the natural, but what does it mean in the supernatural? What does it mean in the spirit? Why is the enemy doing this? And I believe it's ultimately he is getting us to use the freedom we have, even in this nation, to tear down the liberty that we've had in this nation, because that liberty is our ability to be free to choose the will and ways of God, because in Christ, we're not free to do whatever we want, but we have we don't have liberty to do whatever we want in our freedom, but we, I'm saying this poorly, in Christ, we have liberty. Not liberty to do whatever we want, but in that liberty, a freedom to be free of the ravages of the enemy. But we can choose in the liberty Christ gives us and the freedom we have in our free will to rebel against him and to choose the ways of the carnal nature of the demonic realm. And then all of a sudden, because we have that freedom, we're no longer at liberty in Christ, but now we have opened the door for oppression of the enemy. And ultimately, that's what I see what's going on here. But that's exactly it. That's why we're seeing what we're seeing in the natural. We're seeing so many sons and daughters Simply just give up in the natural realm of things because here, ultimately, again, John 8 gives us the understanding that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So right. we know that God's truth is what merits our freedom. But then we go over to 2 Corinthians verse 3, verse 17. It says, now where the spirit of the Lord is and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, sometimes some translations say freedom. Sometimes I right. even sing worship songs that says where the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. But I'm telling you, this word is liberty. And this is why this is so important. That word free in John 8, 32, it, it, it's a Greek word that is spelled E-L-E-U-T-H-E-R-O-O. 
It ends E-R-O-O. And it means to make free, liberate from the power and the punishment of sin, the result of redemption, to deliver, to set free, to release. But the word in 2 Corinthians 3.17, that word liberty, the, the actual word is spelled E-L-E-U-T-H-E-R-I-A. Two different words. It's not the same word. It's right. two different meanings. Right. It, what it means, liberty means freedom as the liberty to do as one pleases, the freedom from the yoke of the messianic law, grace, and legitimate. Let me say it this way. When you obtain the truth, the freedom of Christ, you're not bound by sin. You're, you, you, there's freedom from sin. That's, yes. that's you're free. Yes. You've been exonerated. Yes. You've been released by the snare of sin. But when you obtain liberty, this is something totally different because what does it say where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So I'll put it in a real term for everyone to understand something. God's word says by his stripes, you are healed. God's word says uh, that he is a healer. God's word says that Jesus went forth performing miracles, signs, wonders, miracles, and people were healed. Because of God's truth, I'm free to receive his healing. But sickness comes upon my body. Sickness attacks my body. What happens in that? I'm free to decree. I'm free to declare. I'm free to believe and I'm free to receive, but there's something going on in the natural element of my body. Now I have to have something to invade the natural realm to overcome what is happening physically to my body. So where the spirit of the Lord is now something significantly changes because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In other words, there is something that bypasses the natural element of what is happening. Mm. So when the spirit of the Lord walks into the room, everything changes. Absolutely. Because when the spirit of the Lord comes in, there is liberty to work upon my natural supernaturally and overriding overcome that application of what's going on in my body. So where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But what happens in the body of Christ is we are redefining his truth, therefore removing our freedom. Oh. And because we're removing our freedoms, we are limiting the work of the spirit, which merits the foundation of his liberty to work on our behalf. And when you limit the body of Christ because of those things, no wonder we're not seeing the signs, the wonders, and the miracles, and the healings, because we have redefined what is the freedom, the truth of God's word. We are denying the work of the spirit who is not bound by natural laws. Wow. That is really, that really opens our eyes. All right. So let's Let's jump forward from that. That was really great. And I hope you all caught that. That's what the agenda of the enemy is here. But that's why God is waking us up and opening our eyes. So Ryan, let's talk about now 
how to be the solution. You know, um, in Amos, it says, God does nothing in the earth without first revealing it to his friends, the prophets, or his servants, the prophets. So God has been revealing this to you through recurring visions. You're sharing it us with us now. You're releasing the word and sharing the vision so we can all be aware of it. But ultimately, this is all done because God wants to move. He wants to partner with us to move in this nation. So let's talk about the solution. As, as you have released this word, and I've heard you release it a few times, I've read what you uh, wrote. And by the way, everybody go to ryanjohnson.us. That's Ryan's website. There's lots of great stuff there, including his blog, where you can see this and other things that will help equip and empower you for the battles that we're in. But you can go over this vision in detail at ryanjohnson.us under the blog. But Ryan, in that, you even write multiple times, because I reviewed the word again this morning before we connected, that you know the word pray, pray, pray kept coming up. And I know, and guys, do not dismiss this because it's a da word. You know I carry the da anointing, but I believe the kingdom's simple. It's not always easy, but it's simple. And the, the most powerful things in the kingdom are usually the ones the enemy wants us to dismiss because it's so simple. So when we start to talk about the solution, we're going to start talking about prayer. There's other aspects we're going to highlight. But don't go, oh, yeah, pray, I know. If we as the body were praying in the authority that we have with, with, with all that's available to us in the substance of our faith, we would not be in the situation we're in. That is not guilt, shame, condemnation. That is awareness of not striving through prayer, not having to, oh, I've got to pray for 10 hours a day or the nation's doomed. No, it's God letting us know prayer works prayer is key, and this is an hour to be praying. And I've got some tools that are going to help. But before we get to that, Ryan, talk to me, talk to the audience about the solutions that God was highlighting beginning with prayer. Yeah, you know, if, if, if I was going to go before Congress and defend the Constitution, I would need to know what the Constitution says. Mm. And I think most importantly for the body of Christ, we've got to get back into what the actual Word of God says. And I'm not discrediting men and women of God who are, are sharing things on social medias or anything like that. I'm just saying we can't become so codependent upon others to be the word of God for us. We need to get the word of God in us. The most effective prayer comes from the root that it is connected to. If you are constantly, and I'm not discrediting the news, we need the news, we need to understand what's going on in the world, but if you're constantly feeding new cycle after new cycle and new cycle, your prayers are going to be restricted. They're going to be, they're going to kind of be held back by the reins because we're failing to remember what God has already decreed, what he has already declared in his words. It's one of the most beautiful things in the story of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat calls back to the attention of God himself what God said. Right. And it's not an insult to God. It's not Jehoshaphat saying, hey, do you even remember saying this? Jehoshaphat is saying, I know that you know this. And I'm saying this because now look at what is happening. So as sons and daughters of God, the body of Christ, if we are going to truly be effective in this nation, our prayers have got to be rooted back into the word of God. 
not simply by the way that we're feeling, not simply by the way that is going on. If, if we're going to see things in this nation turn for the right reason, it's first going to have to happen within our own turning back to the Father, back to what his word says. I know we, we're, we're in this generation right now, you know, oh, Jesus, he hung out with sinners. Yes, Jesus hung out with sinners. But here's the reality. If you do a, a, a historical study on this, Jesus spent more time with the Father than he did anyone mm. else. The mm. second group of people that he spent more time with was the disciples. The third group was the religious people he spent more time with, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the people that should have known better. Mm -hmm. The fourth group were the sinners. We're out of order right now. We're trying to spend much time that we can appearing to win the loss, but we're not spending time with yeah. the Father like we should be. Wow. So if we will start spending time with the Father, our prayers will become more effective. Maybe I should say fervently uh, in that. Then if we spend more time as much, or not as much, but in, 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 in understanding that the body of Christ, sons and daughters of God, discipling, encouraging one another, edifying one another, reminding one another what is possible instead of the doom, the gloom, and the despair of the political and the economical cycle. Yes, I all see, I see what's going on. We all see what's going on. But I thought we were not of this world, even though we're temporarily in this world. I thought that he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I thought that we had the authority. I thought we were heirs. I thought we were ambassadors of Christ. I thought we were the sons mm -hmm. of righteousness. Yes, the natural affects us. But again, we come back to this to be able to attack what is really happening. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and strongholds in, in the air. We understand these things simply because we get back to the word of God. So when I'm saying pray, yes, pray, but you're praying out of the right relationship with the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And you know what it is that you're actually saying and not quoting some meme. Oh, I saw a meme on social yes. media. It sounded good. It felt good. Therefore, it must be God. Everything mm. that is good is not God, even though mm. God himself is good. Yeah. Our culture have made good and love a God, mm. but good and love is not a God. God is good and God is love. And yeah. we have to understand the difference between those. So when we're praying, we're praying from a place of authority. As if, let me say it this way, as if we were governing from a spiritual realm, overriding what is happening in the natural element. Excellent. You know, and I know we've been talking about it. Many of the prophets, many of the pastors, many of the preachers, just about everybody over the last 18 months has been talking about Second Chronicles 714. There's a reason for that. It is exactly the formula God wants us to embrace in what you are talking about. If my people will humble, that are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, turn, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, I will hear from heaven, I will come, I will heal the land. 
There's, there's so much in that to unpack. I'm just going to do it quickly. But God is highlighting. He's talking to us to humble ourselves and pray, to seek his face, to turn from our wicked ways. So the good news there is God is saying it's not up to fill in the blank of your least favorite politicians. It's not up to them. It's if, if Mrs. Pelosi, if Mr. Biden, if Mrs. Harris, if Mr. Obama, if Mr. and Mrs. Clinton, if, if Mr. Trump, if Mr. Uh, 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 pick a bunch of Republicans, because this isn't Democrat versus Republican. There's wickedness on both sides of the aisle. There's problems on both sides of the aisle. But pick your least favorite politician. The good news of Second Chronicles 714 isn't, hey, Mr. Biden has got to humble himself and pray or we're doomed. No, he says, if my people who are called by my name, so it's on Robert Hodgkin way more than it's on Mr. Biden. And I'm not questioning Mr. Biden's faith. I know he, he says he's a Catholic. And look, that's a whole other conversation. But what I'm getting at is I am not denigrating him in any way. I am saying what I get from that is I can pick somebody who is adamantly declaring they have no faith in God, they don't believe in God, and they're in high levels of government or business or tech or whatever, and are influencing the nation in huge ways. What I need to be encouraged by is if little old me, Robert Hodgkin, in my little home office here, in my little prayer chair over there, if I'll humble myself and pray, if I'll let God search my heart and I'll come into agreement with that, which is what you're talking about, humbling myself and praying, turning from my wicked ways, I praise God I'm not in adultery. I'm, I, I, you know, um, I, I'm not. I, I'm not murdering anybody. I'm not committing any of the big ones quote unquote, big ones, all <laughs> sin is sin. But God is saying, hey, son, spend some time with me. Turn your heart towards me and let me search it. Will you humble yourself so that you're not giving into the wicked way of anger, frustration, judgment against people instead of powers and principalities? If you'll let me deal with those things in your heart, then, and you choose to see them and turn from them with me, now you're in the position where you're carrying my heart. Now you're in the position where you're carrying my authority because mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy doesn't mean God wants a wicked nation to get more wicked. Mercy means I will forgive them for their wickedness, but I need someone to work through like my son. I'm not saying we're Messiah. I'm saying because of Messiah, we've been restored to relationship with our heavenly father and all of his kingdom in the earth. And all of this is happening on our watch, but we have what we need to see it torn down. And I love what you were saying, Ryan, because all too often that picture is so good about he spent, Jesus spent the most time with the Father, because now that's what God's saying in humble yourselves, turn from your wicked ways, seek my face. All he's saying is spend time with me. Let's do this together. Let me bring you into a greater and greater representation and representation of me and my authority. And the more you allow that, the more it'll be. So, but, you know, we think we're praying after we've listened to something Sean Hannity has to say. And I admit, I am a conservative Christian, but I'm a Christian way before I'm a conservative. I'm a kingdom ambassador way before I'm someone who tends to vote Republican. If, if not, then I really got to spend time with the father, let him bring me back in order, because I better be more aware of what my father says about the situation than what what Hannity or Tucker Carlson says about the situation. And a lot of conservative Christians right now, I notice they're turning off CNN, 
They're turning off MSNBC. They're turning off NPR. And hey, that's your choice. You know, whatever. That's I, I don't blame you. I get it. I listen to those things. I get frustrated. But turning things off is not the solution. Turning to God is. If I'm just turning off CNN, MSNBC, and NPR, but I'm listening to more, you know, conservative from Hannity to Laura Ingram to Tucker Carlson, and praise God for conservative voices, um, just like praise God for true liberal voices, because God's a liberal and a conservative in a lot of ways. But um, if I'm only turning off the things that frustrate me, but not turning off the things that stir me up and get me angry, so I'm, I'm praying for that, I better be listening more to God than to anybody else, because now I'm in position to pray. So one of the big keys I had in all this to be the solution is, number one, wake up. We've got to be aware of what's going on, not only in the nation, not only in the natural, not only in the spirit, but in ourselves. Because one of the other reasons I believe we pray is everything you're talking about, Ryan. Prayer is about a conversation with God. Prayer is about spending time with God. Prayer is about hearing from God as much as speaking to God. And then from that, then we're operating the authority to decree and declare in a way that moves heaven and brings heaven into the earth. But my, so number one, wake up, number two, pray, and number three, part of the fruit of prayer that we often forget is to watch over our hearts. Because I know for me personally, one of the things God highlighted to me in the last month was I was getting into some areas where out of frustration and other things, I was allowing my heart to get hard. And he was saying, I don't move through hard hearts. I actually, my goal was to remove hard hearts and give a new heart. Jesus never dealt with anything, never dealt with, with more things that could be frustrating and irritating than and he dealt with more of those than any of us ever will in this hour. And yet his heart never got hard and mercy always triumphed over judgment. And then the last thing I'll say, and then I want to turn it back over to you, is my fourth key, number one, wake up, number two, pray, number three, watch over your heart, really let Holy Spirit watch over your heart, because if you're like me, you can rationalize and justify a wrong heart, but Holy Spirit won't. He's brilliant about bringing glorious, glorious conviction. And then number four, we, it's tied up in all this, we must realize this is happening on our watch that we're here to deal with this. And I know our audience, I know you guys, I love you guys, you hear me say it all the time, but we've got to wake up and realize we're here for a reason. God could have brought you forth anytime, anywhere. If you've ever wondered, why was I born now? Why was I born here? Why was I born in the United States as opposed to the United Kingdom? Or for those watching, because I know we've got overseas viewers, why was I born in Sweden or the United Kingdom as opposed to Ethiopia or this place? God has you strategically positioned here and where you are as part of his solution for now for that nation. That doesn't mean if there's other nations on your heart, you can't be a solution for that nation as well. But there is a reason God brought you forth where you are. So wake up, pray, watch over your heart and realize you have a role to play. That's not a burden. That's a glorious opportunity. Yeah, and I just genuinely believe if we will cultivate our sonship with Abba Father, we won't have to treat him like an absentee father demanding for child support. Mm -hmm. We just will be able to recognize who we are and what we have, and we won't be beggars in the kingdom, but we will be positioned in that assignment. I love what you're talking about, even the other countries, 
Um, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you don't have a purpose. Your purpose and my purpose may look different because we're marked by the assignment of where we're at in that moment. Uh, the beauty of it is each piece of that is so important to the kingdom of God. And that's why every individual is so important. Yeah. Amen. Ryan, I'm going to have you pray for our audience here in just a minute, but before they do tell them where they can find out more about you, where they can, I know they're going to want to have you come in for events, or I know you do zoom events and zoom trainings, but you're also flying all over the country right now and driving all over the country, doing all sorts of stuff. Where can they find out more about you? Where they, where can they reach out and connect with you? Yeah, the simplest place is our website. It's just ryanjohnson.us.us. Um, it's my name there. You can find everywhere. We're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast called the Blacksmith Chronicles podcast. Robert, outstanding you've been a multiple guests. Um, and we've had guests. We've had just messages that I've shared to kind of give people a little bit of a understanding of who I am 360 view of that I guess you'd say but um, uh, we've got you know our store on there we've got books that are available for people so that's the easiest way to get connected to us yeah I highly recommend blacksmith uh, chronicles podcast it's on all all the podcast platforms you can probably think of but again he said you dot us dot us but he was simply emphasizing it's dot us not dot com it's ryan johnson dot us and if by any chance you have any trouble finding that you guys know you can always reach out to me on anything robert at men on the front lines.com i will get you there i want you going there i want you going to his he didn't mention his youtube channel but go to the youtube channel subscribe there as well so much great material that will empower you but ryanjohnson.us is the hub all right ryan do me a favor I'm going to go to solo view here and uh, let you pray for our audience as the spirit leads, because you have served a great purpose for the kingdom of heaven and the earth. You've shared this vision. You've helped us wake up. You've helped us be aware of how we can be part of the solution. And now I'm going to ask you to pray for the audience. Father, I first and foremost, thank you for who you are. You still sit on the throne. You're not defeated but you are almighty, El Shaddai. I thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love for every single person that is not only hearing this, but watching this, and we'll see it in the future. I thank you for what you're doing on the face of the earth, even in the midst of trials and tribulations and hardships and difficulties, you still are being revealed. You're revealing yourself to Muslims. You're revealing yourself to Hindus. You're revealing yourself to those that are blind and bound by the snares of the enemy. But Father, you have not forsaken us. You've not abandoned us. And I praise you because you are so glorious. And I ask you, Lord, right now, that your spirit begin to move within the sons and daughters right now at this moment that they hear this and that they are awakened to the things that is before them 
to the assignment that is upon their life, that every person understands that they are not an accident, they are not a mistake, and they are not an error, but they have been created for such a time as this, for they have been positioned to be able to dig their heels into the ground and stand for the truth of God's word, of your truth, Lord, not what we feel, not what we think, or not what we even misinterpreted, but what your word says. Now is the time that true sons and daughters arise and be awakened to decree and declare what you say in this hour. Father, as we prophesy, as we release your truth, as we walk in the liberty of the spirit of the Lord, we do so that you might be glorified and that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. But before that day, we will see the harvest come forth and already bow to a holy Father and Lord and confess that you are Lord of their lives. Father, send the laborers that they may come forth and they may take their places, that we shall see revival more than ever before, that it won't be something on the end of our words, but it'll be a manifestation of your glory on the entire world that they may know you are holy. You are pure. You are righteous. And Father, as we decree these things, we thank you for everything that you've done, and we praise you because we know that more glory is on the horizon and we declare it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ryan Johnson, thank you so much for everybody watching. I told you I had some resources that'll help you in this. I want to remind you, we have our, let me get this so you can see it. We've got our eight decrees to heal the nation. I pray these almost every day. We made it kind of a big bookmark size. I actually keep it in my Bible. It's part of my morning devotional time. You can go through these scriptural-based decrees over our nation to shift the atmosphere and heal, heal our nation in just a couple minutes, or there are days I do that, and then there are days that as I'm going through each one of them, I'm partnering with Holy Spirit to go deeper and deeper and deeper into that, and it can become a prayer time for the nation of a few minutes to sometimes that I can make it, the Holy Spirit wants it to go on for 40 minutes, but it's super simple. Eight decrees to heal the nation. If you reach out to me at Robert and men on the frontlines.com, I will get you a PDF document of this. So you can join us in doing that. For those of you who are part of our men on the frontlines community, Rob filler is starting a has started has begun a prayer for the nation effort he's posting videos but he's also building a team to be praying for the nation if you want to be a part of that you can connect with rob at in in our men on the frontlines facebook group if you haven't joined that yet guys join that group we're equipping and empowering in there every single day and then i want to make sure you know about our teaching i'm trying to get this so you can see it but the light uh, isn't shining too much on it. Revivolution, taking our nations back in the spirit. This is the four-part series that came from that angelic encounter I talked about. This is the audio series. You can go to roberthodgkin.com, click on the resources, and it'll take you to our link in the store where you can, you can uh, buy this hard copy, or most people are getting it as MP3 downloads, really simple, right to their smartphone, tablet, or computer. But here's something exciting. I just finished filming this course 
for the Philippines and for what well, gosh, what was the other nation and another nation I'm blanking on right now that we're sending any oh I remember uh, Bulgaria, we're sending the, the video series of this course out into the nations. So we have this and it'll be available to you soon as well. But we want to get you equipped and empowered because you are God's solution for taking back the nation. You guys may remember it was spring of last year, spring of 2020, when God took me into a vision and showed me the entire nation covered in the color red. And when I asked him what I was seeing, he said that his son's blood has bought and paid for this nation. And the nation is covered. A red wave was coming, but the red wave that was coming was the realization by the church that this nation is covered by the blood of Jesus, every single state, every single county, every single city, and that we have the opportunity to be praying for this nation, knowing the blood of Jesus has purchased it. What he put on my heart, it was very similar to what we see in Genesis 1-3, when the Holy Spirit was hovering. And even when the Holy Spirit was hovering, you know, that, that God still spoke and the word, the Son, went forth. So we've got, the Son has come forth, the Holy Spirit is empowering us, but we still need to speak. We still need to decree and declare. That's what those eight decrees are for. It'll help you very easily cooperate with what God was showing me in that vision. We're going to take this nation back in the spirit. Ryan Johnson, any last words from you? I am sincerely grateful. I appreciate the opportunity to do anything and everything with you. Christina, I love you guys, love your family, love what you guys are doing there in Arizona and beyond. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing to see everything that you're a part of. So we send our love to you. Thank you, my friend. We love you as well. Everybody get to ryanjohnson.us. While you're there, I encourage you, click the donate button. It's great ground to sow into. God's using, using him and Christy and their ministry mightily. Of course, everything we're creating here at Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Frontlines, we create for free and we send it out to you to empower you. If you're in a position to come alongside of that, we'd love it. Go to roberthodgkin.com or menonthefrontlines.com, click the donate button, click the giving button, sow into what we are doing with God for the gospel around the world to help heroes like you arise. And if you're not in a position to do that right now, we completely understand, and our commitment is to continue to be here for you. Thanks so much for being with Ryan and I for this episode of Heroes Arise. I will see you back here soon. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com. For more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.